We've got Adam Pengilly standing by from the Sydney Morning Herald. Morning, Adam. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Happy Friday. Indeed. And what did you make of the game last night? Uh, yeah, fantastic game. I thought Penrith were great. As you boys mentioned, they definitely turned up the dial a little bit last night. And I, I loved Latrell's comments in the pre-game about the cracks in the windscreens. But do you reckon it didn't have some sort of effect on that Penrith squad last night? Like they they knew what was said. In, and, and, and to be honest, what Latrell said was you know relatively minor on the scale of you know pumping a game up. But I think they seized on it. And you're right, their their line speed, their aggression, their energy in the first half last night was was clearly superior to South. And they they won that ruck battle and won through the middle. And then. Their class shone through. Yep, they'll be disappointed conceding a couple of late tries to give South a sniff in that last minute. And who would have thought that we'd need Dylan Edwards to come across and bat the ball dead in the in the dying seconds to to seal that result? Because Penrith seemed in control of that game for for most of the night. You didn't think South was going to get that close, but and there's been a lot of a lot of talk about Penrith. And I, I, I mean, one of the first ones to say I think they're going to come back to the field a little bit this year, but they're still a top four team. Like they have to be, provided they don't have too many serious injuries. And I think we saw that there last night. Yeah, you can't you can't lose the quality though that they lost and say that they're still the same side. Of course, of you, course. You, you just can't. I mean, and, and the little example I used there before, if that was Kickout going over, in uh, from that uh, play last night where Latrell held Garner up, like Kickout scores that try. Of course, yeah. You know, so so I I think that um, they have come back to the field, which gives everyone an opportunity and a chance, but they're still a very very good football team. Very mm. good football team. Now, mate, what about this uh, incident involving Latrell last night? Oh, just horrible, Oz. Absolutely horrible. I wasn't at the game last night. I watched on the TV at home and then and then saw the report sort of coming through midway through the second half. And, and, and from all reports, there's only a what well, is a young fan uh, that's allegedly have, has made these racist remarks to Latrell. And you don't really need a long memory to remember that... Um, South went through a very similar issue at, at, at Penrith Park many years ago with, with Greg Inglis. So... You can imagine how sensitive the club is, how frustrated they'd be. And I thought Jason Demetrio, the way he spoke in that press conference last night, showed real character and showed what a leader he is at that football club to come out and make those comments in such a strong manner. I'm hoping that the NRL is going to act really swiftly on this, Matt. I'm hoping that the police will be involved, obviously, and they can act swiftly as well because it's just not on. Like we just, I just cannot believe we're still going through this in 2023, Laws. It's just, it's just a horrible look for the game. Um, I think Latrell handled himself really well with a lot of class last night. Do we know how old it. the person was? I, I don't know personally, Loz, but a lot of the reports coming through was it was a very young person. Um, and I, I go back to, you don't need a long memory either. Just remember the Adam Goods yeah. incident down, at, down with Collingwood, Jared, do you really? Um, a young teenage girl who was caught up in that incident. And it's just, it, it's just sad. My, my overwhelming Does it change, Adam, though? D- d- does our, our punishment change because it is a youngster or a teenager? Well, if you remember what Adam Good said, Clarkie, uh, after his incident, he uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he he wanted education for that young girl, and, yeah, and, agree, and agree. her to be educated about what her remarks actually mean. And I think the NRL potentially could look look at going down a very similar path if this yeah. person is found to be a young person as well, because for them to to say something like that and think it's okay is just horribly, horribly wrong. And as I just mentioned a moment ago, just my overwhelming feeling is just emotion. It's just sadness. This is still going on in our game. I know it might might only be one person, but but we just can't have this. We just cannot have this anymore. Yeah, I agree. Buddy, what's the the story with Cody Walker? I I feel like he's been a bit grumpy pants the first two games and a team's trying to get under his skin because, again, if you watched last night... You know, the two number sixes against each other. I just think the Panthers, that's where the game was won. Yeah, he looked frustrated, didn't he, Clarkie, yeah, last I don't night? Know and what in particular, it is. On, 
one occasion where he got up pushing was it Mitch Kenny, I think it was, and he literally dropped the ball yeah. trying to play it because he was trying to push Mitch Kenny and worry about the having a blue rather than getting on with the game. And I felt it was a bit grumpy pants in game one as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. He, remember last year, he, he, he did start the year, I wouldn't say in the greatest of moods, and he, he's on field. I suppose body language wasn't great, and, and a lot of people put that down to the fact that Latrell didn't play for the, most of the first uh, half of last season, and he didn't have his, I suppose, his sparring partner or his buddy there with him on that left hand side. So, I don't know. We all know that Cody's a, an ultimate competitor. We all yeah, know that sometimes he puts, hundred percent, hundred percent, Clark. He, he pushes the line, and he sometimes maybe steps over it a little bit, but he's just got to keep in mind that his focus has got to be trying to win football games for his team. When he gets distracted and starts sparring with other teams, I don't think that, I think it detracts from his performance a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and just on that, I thought Jerome Lewis was fantastic last night. Yeah, he got a bit good. of criticism last night. I thought he was much better last night and, great. and really showed his class. And I thought Stephen Crichton as well was, was fantastic. I think Brisbane caught him out once or twice last week in round one, defending down that side. He went for a, a bit of an audacious intercept, which cost him a try for Herbie Farnworth last week. He was a lot more solid in defense last night. And, I thought really showed his true colours. Yeah, we're still fine tuning the you know the system with the independent doctor. But what were your thoughts on because when when Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke both got knocked, I, I thought they would have had to leave the field straight away. What were your thoughts on them staying out there for a little bit and then being dragged from the field? Yeah, in particular the Mitch Kenny one I saw was I thought well he's coming from the field straight away. But I think what you'll find a lot of the time is that trainers when they go out and assess a player straight away, if they haven't seen the incident themselves, it's very hard for them to make a call straight away, even when they assess a player. And I think a lot of the time they just defer and just wait another 30 seconds or a minute for the bunker to come in and, and, and rule on whether that player should be off the field or on the field. And I think that's what happened last night, in particular with the Mitch Kenny case. Uh, you and I are both sitting in our lounge rooms knew straight away that he, he's coming from the field. He, he's, he hit his head really hard against the ground and he took maybe just a little while to get up. And I think the trainers often just try and wait for that, that advice to come over the top from the bunker. And I think that's what might have happened there last night. So this system that we've been talking about, yes, it's not perfect. Yes, there's some still things they can work on. But I still firmly believe that the NRL is doing the right thing by implementing this system. And I think they'll get it right eventually. Uh, what's the latest with the Bulldogs situation around Josh Jack- Jackson and the salary cap? Yeah, Jerry, this is a really interesting story. Did you guys chat to Danny about this earlier in the week? Cause, yes. Uh, yeah, I know he mentioned it with um, Phil Gould on 100% footy on, on nine earlier this week. I did a bit more digging later in the week, and the Bulldogs are extremely frustrated about where this is at at the moment because I think primarily it's hampering their bid to bring another player into, the, into their top 30 roster for this year. We know they've got a lot of injuries at the moment with Luke Thompson out for the majority of the season, Tavita Pangai Jr., Chris Patola. They're really struggling for middle fours in the first five or six weeks, and they're, they're looking to get an emergency replacement to come into the club, but they've They've got this salary cap penalty sitting on their cap this year. The NRL's ruled for Josh Jackson saying that, well, he retired early. He still had a year to go on his contract this year. Um, and the NRL's ruled they've got to carry, it's a bit less than $200,000 at the moment on their cap. And that money could be used to try and bring in, a, I suppose, a, a lower class of forward to help them out in the middle. So I don't know where this is going to go. The Bulldogs have made three separate applications, I believe, to the NRL asking for them to review the decision and overturn it. Each time the NRL has come back and said, no, we're not budging. You have to carry this money on your cap this year. So I don't know what the Bulldogs are going to do from now, but they're in a very precarious position with their salary cap at the moment. Ben Hunt has fired up the Dragons and he's talking about the critics. They can take shots at them, but they're not going to win the wooden spoon. Yeah, I did a... Did an interview Loz, with Ben Hunt last week um, and ran the story uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald in the paper today on, online a little bit earlier this week. And 
I sort of put it to Ben. I said straight up, I said, mate, no one's expecting you to do anything this year. There's been so much negativity around the club this off season. Like, what, what are you saying internally? And <laughs> straight away, he was just on the front foot and said, I don't care what anyone else says. This team is way too good. We're not getting in the wooden spoon. And then the conversation sort of drifted towards coach Anthony Griffin and his future. And I thought Ben made some really strong remarks. He, he sort of said, listen, the board cannot second guess what we're doing at this club at the moment. I know there's going to be a lot of speculation about the coach and they might want to make a call after six or eight weeks, but that's just second guessing what we're trying to do. He says, listen, wait as long as possible, wait towards the end of the season. Let's give us a full year. If things don't work out, then yet make your call. But he's adamant. He doesn't want the board to make a call in the first four to six or eight weeks on the future of coach Anthony Griffin. Now, whether it plays out like that, I don't know. Uh, I think all the all the reports are and all the speculation is that the Dragons will move very swiftly if things don't start well in the first couple of months of the season. But as captain of the club, I thought they were really strong comments from Ben Hunt. He wants to get this group moving in the in the right direction. All right, we better get a tip off here for tomorrow. Coolmore Classic Day. It's uh, it's actually Ladies' Day, would you believe, Loz, at Rose Hill Gardens tomorrow? You going, Mido? No, you going, Pup? What do you mean you're not going? We'll we be- both should be there. Mate, I'm chilling. You got plans, have you? I do. I have my godson's fifth birthday party. Fact. Oh, I thought it might have been something to do with your date yesterday. You had to leave, which for. you made up. Anyway, mm. Adam, what's your tip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gravitating towards the uh, the magic night there, boys. Race four, number six, Steel City is the best on the program for me. I thought she was desperately unlucky in the Blue Diamond. She got all the right form around Red Resistance and Co. A couple of horses are going to feature prominently in Golden Slipper betting from that nice soft gate. I'm just hoping that she can get a little bit of luck from that inside draw this time. So I'll be with her. Race four, number six, Steel City. Steel City, $3.20 with Tab in the Magic Night. Last chance saloon for the Slipper hopefuls to get into that field there tomorrow. Race four, number six, mate. Have a great weekend. See you, boys. You too. We'll, uh, we'll chat again on Monday.